0: And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the
1: Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff.
0: My guest is Christopher George, who during his near-death experience was in an infinite space with beings trying to join source. Christopher, thank you for joining me and welcome. Welcome.
1: Hello, Jeff. It's a pleasure to see you finally in person. This is interesting.
0: Well, it's my pleasure to have you. Can we start on the day that you had your NDE and go from there?
1: Sure. Um, I guess to start off, as a child, um, what, one of the things that I really fell in love with was skiing and ultimately ski racing. But uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to do something and you just weren't very good at it. Um, I <laughs> I was incredibly bad at ski racing, but in order to get better, I just would rehearse and train a little bit harder than the rest of the guys. So at night, uh, one night I was out setting gates. So when you go through a ski course, there are bamboo sticks that go in the ground and you have a, a big metallic plunger that you blast into the ground and then you put your, your gates in place. And that's what you, you ski through. So I was setting a gate and it was, eight, nine o'clock at night. And you know, it's a lit Hill here in the Midwest. Uh, You wouldn't think Detroit is the Mecca for uh, downhill skiing, but we have a place in Holly, Michigan. It's really interesting that uh, I'll come back to Holly and how that's interesting to me, but uh, I was setting the gate and a guy who had never skied before it it turned out, ran me over a a 300 pound adult male. And I was 15 at the time. So um, he hit me and my head, hit the ice. And that's pretty much all she wrote. I was in uh, an induced coma uh, for several days in the hospital, and I just remember the terrifying pain. Uh, It was at such a such a level that I couldn't really even understand it myself. It was just uh, I just remember being in the hospital room, and of course, now I was medicated for the pain, so it could have been partially induced by the medication, but my experience was such that I remember being in, in the bed, in the room. I could feel my mother uh, by my bedside, and um, I could hear her crying and her tears and actually hear her praying, but I, I was unable to move, and um, at one point, I, I I move out of the body with the assistance of what feels like a male presence, almost like your best friend. I didn't get a name. I I didn't see a face. I just remember floating up to the top of the hospital room and looking down and I could see uh, the monitors and I could hear everything. And I was out of the pain. So imagine going from the most intense, searing, hot pain in your life to being in an infinite, beautiful, warm, cozy space, right? So uh, this guide takes me And it's almost as if, and the way I I would liken it is that we're actually there and a part of us is dreaming that we're here because it wasn't like I traveled through a a tunnel of light. It just seemed like I transformed and moved into infinite space. And so kind of like the background behind you, imagine like we were out in in, in darkness and you can see stars in the distance uh, in infinite void space. But what I do notice is that The first thing, sort of like light shining on my skin, the light is actually music. And it's warmth, and it's love, and it's all knowledge. It's almost like the Smithsonian Institute just comes in a song, and it comes into you, and you know and see and feel all that you are. And so instantaneously, my first experience is, Imagine like looking at an x-ray and the x-ray shows all of your faults. Okay. So uh, take your soul and shine it in front of the pure light of divinity and everything that is maybe not aligned is immediately apparent. So there's nothing that can be hidden. It's and as I'm feeling the, the warmth of this incredible uh, divinity and love and emotion. It's uh, it's absolutely overwhelming and it's nothing that a human being that's unprepared uh, could handle in this life. And so I just remember also being able to look off behind me and almost as if like jellyfish, you could see way, way, way back into the darkness and legions and legions of these, these spirits and some that choose not to look into the light right? That are way back in the back of the room. And then all of these other souls and everyone sort of like being at a rock concert and everyone is pointed towards the stage. Everyone is is seeking to go deeper and deeper into the light. It's with all the enthusiasm that, uh, that I could even muster. I can't even paint the picture of the enthusiasm that you have to go into the infinite light. And, um, I just remember being there with this and it feels like a male guide and um, just the most incredibly well-kept homey feeling of love that I had, that this being knew absolutely everything. And I was like, but, you know, and he's like, no, no, buts, you know, this is, you know, this is the reality. This is who you are. I just remember I had a bit of a struggle at first and that was everything that I thought my identity was, and let's say the ego, think of it like an onion. And we've layered, we have perfection inside of us, that home space that I'm discussing. And we all, it's our home, it's our home place, our our, our divine birthright. And then we put all of these layers on, on top of it. And that's why perhaps we come into the bodies and out of the bodies in order to uh, use spiritual Windex and clean off the layers of the onion so that we're closer and closer and closer to source. But I don't know how long I was there for. Uh, My heart never stopped. I did not uh, die in the hospital room. It was just, it was a reprieve from the incredible pain. And um, I just remember this. I had the most incredible enthusiasm to go closer But kind of like Marcel Marceau, you know, hitting a glass wall, I was only allowed to approach so close. And that's when we pointed back to the hospital room. And I knew that the only vehicle to get me closer, and by the way, my whole entire mission and plan was absolutely obvious to me at the time. Um, And by the way, It's almost as if you have this incredible crystal clear uh, clarity about exactly what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're going to go about doing it. But then we point back to the hospital room. And I remember all of this experience simply because I remember the moment I shoot back into my body, which is an incredible pain. My brain is on fire. And I think within the next few hours, I actually awoke. Um, because I I, was unable to wake or move for the previous few days. I I remember coming awake and pinching with, uh, I had a a long nail on my finger and I could feel the memory of it fading. I could feel the memory of this incredible experience that I just had slipping away. And it's, you know, I guess we'll call that like the veil of forgetfulness. You've probably... Heard that concept but uh i just remember the incredible sadness i was having I was in the body and i told myself i will not forget this and i drove my nail into my thumb as hard as i possibly could and uh, actually made a little divot in my finger and it was the it was the one thing that w- later on this memory slipped away to um, let's just say like a little participle of the whole concept You're only allowed to keep a very small piece. I I think it's built into the system because if we walked around uh, fully awakened to what we truly are all the time, I think it would be amazing. But I think it takes a lot of self-work to do enough spiritual Windex cleaning to get to where you can live with that divine presence, but also be a person facilitated in a body um to do what we came here to do now that exact mission and why i came here still a little bit foggy and cloudy with uh with all of that but i think it's if if we go conceptually we have to fall back to simplicity and um it's just just it's really incredible to have a body jeff i mean i don't know if you've uh you know you just look at a hand or if you've follow the Fibonacci codes or sequences or, or fractals, how everything comes from these divine patterns. And so it's been a search from that time till now. uh in, in my early 50s now. And uh, it's been a search ever since to kind of like a dilettante, I've jumped from one thing to another to another to try and find little bits of the truth. And there's a little bit inside of everything, you know, but I think there are way showers, you know, we, we could go back to, you know, we talk about Yeshua or Jesus, we can uh, go through all times and places in the ancient yogis. And in modern times, the teachings of Babaji, all the way to Paramahansa Yogananda. But I would say there are elevated spirits and souls that you, you would find anywhere in any place in any time. And um, we just happen to be going through this crucial time where the opportunity to come into a physical incarnated form in the not so distant future will be a a lot slimmer, right? There won't be as imagine there's a long line of people, you know, awaiting incarnation, right? You're sitting in the waiting room and, uh, you know, you're looking at the next guy and you're wondering, Mm, I wonder what my opportunity is going to be. So you have to have, obviously, uh, a couple that you know copulate and a baby comes from that. And there's an alignment that has to occur. And it has to be specific to your dharma, your karma, and the things that you need to accomplish. So um, I just feel that there's a, a major contraction that's happening with us currently based on all of our karmas, what's been happening on the planet. We can talk about toxicity emfs and then there are off-world intelligences that have been interplaying with our uh, with our beings for a very long time also and it isn't it interesting that now um you know all this information about the tic-tac ufos and uh, what the navy's footage has been and information that has been you know held back forever is now starting to come into the the, the modern media
0: since you're a musician, what did the music sound like to you?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Well, okay. Um, so let's go back to 2010. I was at a sound healing conference. And uh, at the sound healing conference, it's really cool. There were people from, oh, I don't know, that worked with aboriginals and in, in didgeridoos in Australia to... Eastern European mystics, to people that work with tuning forks. To people that uh, are crystal healers and uh, singers. But what, we spent two weeks together chanting and toning, and every person would, would bring their special bit of s- sound, tone, and music. But on one day, it's a day of, uh, of isolation. Everyone goes into a room. There's no discussion other than you can chant. tone and sing in a room together when you start early in the morning and you go till late at night Uh, it's a marathon there's some uh, vegetarian food and water uh, outside of the door but other than that it's a completely silent day and at the end you go to go to sleep so i maybe six eight ten hours in it's hard to say because you move into a vibrational infinite space now They talk about the music of the spheres. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that each planet and each object in infinite space has a tonality, let's say a song. At the end of that day, um, I'd been chanting and toning and everyone had left the room and I'm in the room, but what happens is this this thing occurs. And I'll talk about this this thing. energy washes over me. I'm no longer actually located in the body. I'm in a silent room, but I can hear a song, a bit of music. It's a think of it as an angelic choir or a host of angels. But it's not none of that. It's not a voice. And it's not replicatable with a synthesizer. And it's something that I've been chasing, you know, to try and find a way to replicate uh it comes into the room and then it becomes a part of me and it's that same exact sound that same exact it can't even be called sound but it's a it's a vibrational entity also and it's information so what i'm trying to say is it's it's not so much sound but it's vibration information vibration information, that comes into us it's a part of who we actually are it's our homecoming it's the same thing that i i I experienced there um so for the next i'd say 12 hours after this occurs I, i had a little tent outside so very carefully make my way to the tent and i'm sitting in the tent and the music is playing i'm a part of this music but as i dance on the music i'm able to go into the other tents and see the people that are sleeping or move into the building across the way and i was aware of all of the other beings that were were sleeping in the next room and then there was a, a an owl that would come and visit he comes he comes storming through the trees and you could hear him hunting at night and i felt and i was the owl and i was the jaguar or the cougar up on the mountain It was funny uh the night before I had my tent on the top of the mountain and uh, it was a full moon night and I was looking out the side of my tent and I'm, you know, former boy scout thought I, you know, I know exactly what I'm doing. And on the rock above me, uh, a really large cat, and I'm going to say it was a, a cougar of some sort is, is purring and the, the, the full moon is behind it. So the silhouette on the side of my tent is this full-sized Cougar and I'm trying to 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 not lose my mind. And uh I just had to wait him out, you know. Hey, hey cat. He went away. But um yeah, so that happened. But like I said, this experience occurs and it's very much very similar to the feeling and the vibration that comes into you during the near-death experience, right? So it happened there. Um I traveled to Peru back in, oh, I'd say 2012. And uh, so I'd been studying with some of the um, local Americanized people that have been studying Peruvian shamanism, the Four Winds Society, their amazing work of Albert, Alberto Vildo And I'd been reading the books. Uh, I couldn't afford the courses, but I did uh, get an offer to go on this cosmic journey to Peru. It was a few weeks where we walked with the indigenous uh, shaman people and we would go and do ceremonies in in all of the different uh, locations. So uh, there's a place called Saxe Woman. They call it Sexy Woman. It's an incredible location. Um, Oyente Tambo, that was my favorite. But uh, we went to this place called uh, Pisac or Pisac Mountain. And it was a fortress. And think of it, the uh, indigenous people from Peru had to try and get away from the Spaniards, right? And so the the shamans, uh, the Caro elders, all made their way back into the fortresses that were built thousands of years ago. And by the way, the stones, you've seen it, you've heard it, but the stones literally are perfectly fitted. You can't even fit a credit card in between them. But on, on, on this Pisac Mountain, we do ceremony and I met these incredible people from South Africa. They were guided by this. Uh, I, I don't even remember her name, but I moved away from my group because I really resonated with what they were doing. And this lady was a crystal carrier. She had a crystal about that long, and um, she channeled and did a, you know, very cosmic, open group of people. Um, but we we did these little uh, chanting and toning ceremonies up in the mountains. And that night, we're down in the valley and we had a fire, and there were several people, you know had a couple cocktails and we were just chilling out and um, the mountain in the distance started to shimmer uh, a violet flame. let's just say the whole entire side of the mountain would shimmer and it would it would get more and more intense and then it would evaporate up into the clouds and then it would do it again and it would do it again and we I think I stayed up all night watching it. And at one point a light comes from out of the sky, comes down into the valley, travels into the mountain comes back out of the mountain and then takes off and several of us were, were watching this at, at the same time so later that evening um i'm in my hotel room and uh i remember getting up and feeling i could hear the music that's what i'm getting to i heard the sound as i was sleeping and it came from outside and it came into the room and um it usually accompanies a couple of things. There's a sense of not being able to move. Um, It comes internally to the body. There's a resonance and a vibration and uh, an incredible sense of like uneasiness at first. So I make my way to the bathroom and I remember in the dark looking into the mirror, which was, I don't know, it was a huge mistake because I shot out, into that infinite space through the mirror i don't know how long i was there half of the night probably because i really couldn't move but i once again was in that sound we'll call it music but it's information right um it's happened happened several times since one thing that i have noticed is it occurs um when there is a lot of solar flare activity and that I've only come to understand that because I watch the NASA space weather. There, are, uh, there's actually apps that you can pull on your phone, and you can actually see what's happening on the sun. So, I believe that there's a correlation between all of us because we're energetic beings, right? We're in a physical container, but the what we're made of, the stuff that we're made of, which is like quarks and molecules and beyond that, this whatever it is and science still has yet to really define what spirit is, it is energetic and it has something to do with um, the cosmic energies that come from the sun. Now, the Peruvians believe that there's a great central sun, right? That all information, you know, they call it the solar logos, right? Because information in all life, you know, everything from oxygenation, everything happens because of the sun. And believe it or not, here on this planet, um, lightning, So as lightning strikes around the world, if you can imagine the planet, maybe we'll do this. Okay, so we've got planet Earth, and on the inside, they call this the ionosphere, right? So as lightning strikes... It's creating a resonance at about 7.89 cycles per second. And they call that the Schumann resonance or Schumann resonance. So the Schumann resonance has everything to do with <clears throat> everything that lives uh, from oxygenation to um, your feeling centered in the body is all charged by the lightning and the Schumann resonance. And it bounces off the ionosphere on the outside. They call it the magnetosphere. So we're in this very smart system that's perfectly created, right? So they've done scientific experiments uh, in what they call Moo rooms. Have you heard of this? Mm -hmm. They put people inside of almost like a lead container and they change this frequency and they monitor what occurs to the consciousness of, of beings as they change those frequencies. By the way, you know, in getting a spaceship to Mars, they have to actually recreate this. I don't know exactly how they do it, but inside of the spaceship, they recreate that 7.89 cycles or variations thereof in order for human beings to uh, to survive. So the whole idea is, is that if this were to shift up or down, there is a variation in how we respond. And um, in their uh, testing in the Moo rooms, what they find is that if they, let's say they turn it up a bit, People uh, disintegrate and they, they uh, for instance, if you were to look into a mirror, you wouldn't be able to recognize yourself. And when they go in the opposite direction, things like telekinesis and psychic abilities and the ability to feel and sense each other and have a more sense of community, because truly we are all one, right? But it's, it's really interesting how this marriage of science and um, spirituality is starting to come to fruition where people are actually understanding that we are a part of some sort of an essential energy that's common to all of us. You know, wasn't it young who talks about there being this common, uh, psyche, right. Uh, a bandwidth and in the bandwidth around earth right now, because of all of the, the chaotic energies. And I would say as an old system, Uh, is struggling if somebody falls into the water sometimes you have to let them drown a bit before you go in and save them because they'll pull you down with them and we're in a system that uh for and everyone out there knows this it has been sick for a very long time now how do we like fix that heal that that's maybe uh, ultimately what i'm trying to uh communicate in the book that i'm writing um the book that I'm writing kind of encircles a lot of these experiences I'm talking about the near death, um, some of the extraterrestrial experiences I've had, but in a scientific way is to show people that we're, we have our hands on the steering wheel of our own lives and to raise our, our vibration at this time and to protect our energies is our sole purpose.
0: I want to get back to your NDE for a moment, And there was something that fascinated me. And that is that you understood that people or some of the people did not want to look at the light or join the light. Yes. Why did they not want to join?
1: Think of it this way. Um, Think of a Taurus, right? Have you ever seen a donut? Mm -hmm. the the shape of a donut that's the we have a toroidal energy field the earth has a toroidal energy field the sun is a toroidal energy field and as we interact those fields when they come together um there's information that 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 lies there now what here's what's nuts you look you look into the great central beingness of the thing that created all of us and it's spitting out creation all the way out to the edges of the, the furthest ignorance and it self-cycles its way back through the labyrinth of body after body, lifetime after lifetime, out of that ignorance, all the way back to join creator, it, its central point, only to explode back out into ignorance again. It's nuts, dude. It's nuts, dude. Why would we even do that? Why would be, uh, I know, how old are you now? I'm in my 50s. You're in your 50s, right? Mm-hmm. So it's been a lot of life and living that got you to Jeff Mara podcast, all mm-hmm. the cool things that you've been doing. By the way, awesome work. Thank you. Um, it's a lot of effort, it feels like, to, to get to this lifetime. Now, now, we talk about past lives. Can you imagine having done this once, twice, 15, 20, 30, 100, 1,000 times, the 50 years that you've spent here? I mean, all of these, why in the world would we do that? It makes no sense. But as you look in that infinite space back towards the ignorant ones, we'll say, it's almost as if, you know, we talk about light and dark, you know, good and bad, uh, good versus evil. Well, if we understand the concept that all of it, every level of it, from the most ignorant to the most elevated are all on the same journey, and it's almost like a marathon, Right, but you start. Let's say you're in a marathon, and but one agreement was, everybody running the race had to finish the race, right? So the slowest guy with the broken leg, um, to the old lady with a walker, everyone's got to cross the finish line. It's 26 miles. It's the Boston Marathon. You know, we're kind of in this really strange thing where we're all trying to move back to light, and some of the some of the folks just you have to drag them all the way. Why? I don't know. But it's built into the system, and it's a smart system, Jeff. It's a very perfectly built system, and that's what's messed up is that as much as we want to put off the experiences that are happening to us, and trust me, I've had I'll, I've hit my head on a lot of things along the path, the one thing that I can like tell myself and I'd share with all your listeners is that you knew what you're getting into, bud. Um, you signed up for this. And even those in the darkness. So some of the greatest spiritual masters ultimately after many years of practice, what they end up doing is they go into deep meditations and then they go into the lower astral realms to help out and raise the vibration of even the darkest of darkest entities, the ones way in the back of the room. That's, that's advanced level AP physics. Um, When you are no longer worried about yourself and your condition because think about it, how contracted do you get when you get scared? We just saw the whole world shut its doors for a very long time. What happens is you become insular and you look inside and you worry about yourself and your story, you know, because we're all stuck in our little story. What if you knew that you were the guy next door or the guy in the corner with the sign, but you actually were. And those are the people in the back of the room.
0: Are you saying that we go through this Taurus action with every reincarnation or through multiple reincarnations?
1: Okay, I'm going to tell you a really interesting story. So, I'm at a a little witchy bookshop. Um, The lady, I went to buy some sage because once in a while I'll, you know, I'll sage the room, or if I'm working with a client, uh, working on their energy, I, I need some sage, a bundle some cedar, a few things. I'm looking around and, you know, I'm, believe it or not, incredibly skeptical about all things spiritual in the way that 99.99% of people, they, we're doing our best, but it's always an approximation to truth. And so the lady, I mean, you can imagine she has the uh, the pentagram uh, oracle thing around <laughs> her neck and, you know, there's the dream catchers on the wall and I bought And I saw a sign that said, uh, Reiki session, 40 bucks. And I really wasn't feeling great. And for whatever reason, I just, something said, Hey, you know, ask her about it. She she said, you know what? I don't have any more clients. I'm actually going to shut the the, the shop down. Do you, you you want a session? I'm like, heck yeah, let's do it. We go in the back. She does her thing. And I'm just laying on the table and I could hear the music. I could feel the vibration just a little bit. I'm like, Oh boy, here we go. And um, I, I paid her. I thanked her. I, get, I got up and I had that spacey sensation of not being in the body. Here we go. I got in the car. And as I'm in the car, um, a vo- something says, I hate to say a voice, but a voice says we are driving the body home, a collective. Right. And I just think this, I was told by my spiritual mentor, always stay curious. So I would also like put this out there to everyone as things start occurring. And in this time period that we're in a lot of interesting things are going to going to start happening. So keep, stay curious. Think of it as interesting. Don't pass judgment, go back inside, raise your vibration. Right? So I make my way home and it's very difficult driving. I got home ran a like run a hot bath epsom salt got in the bath i'm in the bath and instantaneously i am actually this other person a woman on her cell phone with her kids calling and i know all about her life i mean i'm actually this person and i'm me in the bathtub it's it was overwhelming that by the way the music is inside of me i can it's the best way to describe it jeff um, the vibrations are, are are intense, and there's this feeling of—it's a very uneasy feeling. It's, it, there's bliss behind it if you can get through the the feeling of the ego death that's happening, <clears throat> and then I split again, and there I'm I'm a man, a fireman, working on his fire truck, but I, I he knows me, I know her, she knows him. We all are simultaneously the same. Some aspect of self. So here's what I'm getting to. As much as we think that it's a linear progression from incarnating into a body, dying, thinking it over, coming back and doing this cycle, right? Remember the Taurus. I call it the ice cube tray theory. So you've poured water into an ice cube tray. And if you look at it, at the very top, there's a common piece of ice that attaches all of the ice cubes right? The ice cube tray theory. Jeff's in one of the ice cube holes, but Chris is on the other end of the tray. And there's a million other little like pockets where the, the ice is, it believes that it's its own independent entity. But that commonality, that little piece of ice that's over the top is what's binding it all together. It just happened to be that through some of these spiritual quests and experiences and immersions and meditations and vibrational, like shifting once in a while, I'll pop up and I will actually be a part of the commonality and I'll dip into these other things. So it's simultaneity, but it's the past. It's the present. It's the future. And it's parallel lives. All swamped together in that toroidal uh, expression of life. Think of it as perfume. Jeff is a a mist of perfume, and I poured you into a bottle, and that's a bit of Jeff. And I walk around the room, and I spray a little bit onto all the people in the audience, right? For the sake of spiritual economy, the great spirit, however this works, pours out the, the Jeff goo into the ice cube tray. And a bit of that essence is in multiple things simultaneously so jeff thinks he's talking to chris chris thinks he's talking to jeff but the truth is is that at some level we're experiencing because in in, an economic perfect biosphere right we talked about the planet right how the energies come and how they recycle how the energy from a leaf breaks down into carbon atoms and those frequencies move into the the soil that cyclical nature. Is happening also on the spiritual side. So, the the liquid in in the container, it has an economy to it, and it cycles and moves in all directions because it doesn't want to do things multiple times or do it more than it has to. That's why you know if you you look at nature, animals do exactly what is intuitive and probably the easiest um, way for them to leverage their best experience. So, spirit is doing that also and. It's expressing as us now, but it's also that we are simultaneously experiencing other things. But just like in the death experience, you come back here, and there's that veil of forgetting, right? Because if you pulled the veil away, right, you'd probably be a little psychotic if you actually knew that you were a guy driving you know, down the freeway on the PCH right now and standing on a mountain in Peru or a lady in Bombay. It's a a necessary evil that we stay within our container so that we can optimize this experience. Now, I would like to, if you have a moment, um, kind of describe uh, a bit of what happened on the night when my mom passed away and how it kind of interplays with my story.
0: Are you saying that with each incarnation, we get closer to the light?
1: I think moment to moment. Uh, lifetime to lifetime and by the way you can through vibrational work go to past incarnations now and heal to get closer to the light also so um the goal ultimately is in trust me the enthusiasm you'll have let's say you're 50 and like you'll you'll be in the body for 20 more years on the day i promise you jeff the day when you Exit this body. Based on your expectations, okay, so based on your past life experience, um, based on what's ever in your spiritual toolbox, if you believe in Jesus, you may be greeted by Jesus. If you believe uh, in a, a Buddhist way of uh, whatever, what, whatever your essential initial thought is, like a screen memory, you'll be presented it in a way that is most palpable to you. That falls away after a time once you integrate into the source. But um, that's what's beautiful is it's, it's presented however, however y- your expectation of it is. But the reality is um, we're there now. And every time that we have an opportunity to pump a little more light into the stranger down the way, the guy in the car next to you, um, and it's done through thought right? And by the way, we all have a monkey mind. It's racing around. We're all, and then worry contracts us. And we also know that, you know, when you're living in that sympathetic versus parasympathetic mode, it's impossible to heal. So um, in the ultimate space, we want with all enthusiasm to go, even if you go one inch closer to source, you would do it. You would cut off your left arm to do it. But imagine you could go 100 miles closer to the light. Because I'm talking, I'm, I'm in infinite space. There's no idea how far it is. But you can feel the, the the love, the light. It's so tremendous that you couldn't even hold that frequency in a body. Maybe a Jesus was able to do that. Maybe through all of his incarnations. And you know, it, I, I know a lot of th- th- that may kind of go against what a lot of people think of Uh, with the the Christ energy, but what he promises is that which I have done, you shall do this or even greater, right? What he's saying is, here's the keys, bud, get in the car, drive as hard as you can, go go to the light, but we have to know that it's a possibility, that it's a potentiality, that we can be Christ-like, and it's hard to do, you know? I I know just this morning I had a I had an appointment with a real rough customer, and I'm just trying to hold in my mind that perfection, that feeling, and just hold there. Now, we all backslide. Um, and that's just the the case of being a human in a body. But if we can just remind ourselves, you know, I just like to remind all the listeners, and all the people out there that, you know, things are going to get a little rough for us, and um, a lot rougher than probably most of us anticipate and the only way through let's say let's just say your phone did not work it's just a piece of junk we couldn't talk through the internet um the lights don't come on i don't know if you've got any food stockpiled um i'm not talking it, This uh, the the whole, the whole idea is that if we don't learn how to go inside of ourselves and ramp up our spiritual energies, and bring that love in light, when shall we do it? And the contraction of what's going to happen over this next period of time is such that it would behoove us right now to remember that our home space can be available here now, and we can be those beings now, and in very small ways. It's just, you see the opportunity to be of service, if we could just get 51% of all of the people on the planet to move towards service, right? Have you ever heard of the law of one? I'm sure you have just to be of service. Um, that's, that's the way that we will propel. Now the energies are coming from the central sun to our sun, to the planet. Those transformations are occurring. A lot of people talk about going from 3d to four D to 5d, right? What does that really mean? sounds like a bunch of hooey to me but the truth of it is is that the planet is transforming the magnetosphere is, is being affected polar north on the planet earth is shifting uh that's why they just had to they've changed all of the runway markers i don't know if you've been to an airport lately and you ever look down you see the lat, lat lo, longitude numbers they've had to change those across the whole planet over the past few years because polar north is shifting now We talk about um, polar ice core samples, right? You can go all the way to the North Pole and the South Pole, dig a hole, pull out the ice, and you can look down through the ice. You can see meteorologically and also um, magnetically what was happening. So they know that there's these like 16 and 26,000 year cycles that happen on the planet. We know there have been, uh, you know where the whole planet has frozen and you can see all the debris they can even go down into it there's a little dark band they can see when a, me- a large meteorite hit the planet and wiped out the dinosaurs i mean they can do it from the ice well what we do know is that the uh the magnetics of the planet shift and they'll actually back off the the earth will find a it, it'll spin free in space that that's going to be a fun day right Uh, imagine tidal waves and all of the things and then it finds a, a new home and then it rotates that way so it's we have the moon tagging along affecting how the planet is spinning, we could talk about velocities and all of that stuff but it just happens to be that we're at the time period where the precession of the equinox which is, think of a large egg shape and our planet in our Milky Way solar system is riding a wave along that egg, egg shape out into the center of the universe and back, right? They call that the procession of the equinox, and there's an actual time period. I think it's 26,000 years, I don't know. But the point is, the yugas were those 8,000-year cycles, or it's a however many year cycle that um, the ancient Vedic practitioners from India had tracked infinitely back. And as you pass from one to another, There's a transition time and we're going through that transition. uh, I believe that from Kali Yuga to the, what we're we're in that 200 year transition zone. But the point being is that it's a very interesting opportunity to be in a body right now. Um, There may not be a lot of opportunity to come back into a body. So let's make the most of it.
0: (laughs) You mentioned that you wanted to share something about your mom. Can you tell us about that?
1: Sure. Um, So I grew up in the city of Detroit and uh, in the late 1970s, there were there was a lot of gang violence. Uh, There were explosions, uh, pipe bombs going off in the parking lot a few blocks away. My dad had several vehicles stolen from the house and he was just like, we're out of here. And um, literally overnight, he bought my uncle's farm uh, out, out in the country and off we moved. I mean, they pulled the the moving truck up, and we moved into this farm. There's a little horse farm, uh, maybe an hour and a half away from uh, Detroit. So on this farm, we had a whole bunch of animals, and my mother, my father, my brother, and my sister, and myself didn't really know what we were doing, but my dad was really, just he was such an incredible hustler, and he would just he would come home with cars and motorcycles and it's what he would do. He'd he buy them and sell them and he had a car lot. But uh he would come home with with horses. There, you know, we started with one. I think we got up to like 14 or 15 horses, and uh, you know, we 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 would we would have someone's horse that would be watching for him, and then there were were ponies, there were goats, there were ducks, there were sheep. It was a lot of work. So um it was my job to go out, feed the horses, spend a lot of time in the barn. And, um, so we, we have this, this lifestyle and the horses would run away constantly. I'd get a call in like fourth hour and I'd have to hop in the car and and go home and chase after a horse. But in, on that farm and in that barn, um, interesting things would happen. And, um, I just remember I would sleep next to the window and I have some like vague memories and some really strong ones where I'd look out the window and there would be a light over the barn and i where are the horses the horses had all run run back and they were sitting i could see them standing in the dark off to the side and the light would be out, out near the barn and i would just say that is really weird there's no there's no light at the barn and then this incredible sense of like not being able to stay awake and i'd fall asleep and then i'd wake up and the light is just outside of the window over the roof of the house and um and then of course you, you fall asleep then another night i see the light outside of the window i can't move um then i'm transported up and i can see i can see because i had a stripe on the uh, painted on the ceiling of the room i could see the stripe going by because i was actually moving across the room now i never opened the window but nonetheless i end up out in the field standing in the field and i'm looking now here's where screen memories come in. Um, it happens in multiple things, but whatever entities that I was dealing with would present themselves as something or someone that I knew. And I see a boy uh, standing like 15 feet away from me. One of my favorite things to do, by the way, was you take the vacuum cleaner hose, you know, the the wrinkled hose and spin it around. And it gives you that, 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 that tone, that sound. It's Which What I didn't realize until recently is that it's overtones, right? And it's actually a healing sound frequency. We can talk about that. But I'm in the field and there's a kid swinging the hose four o'clock in the morning and I'm in my pajamas and I'm like, this is really strange. And then once again, you fall asleep and I wake up in my bed. Only my pajamas are wet and they have grass all over them and I'm tucked in. Now, how did that happen? I could go on and on about these experiences, but the point being is it was never conscious. I never saw any little gray men with big eyes walk into the room. Um, but subsequently as an adult, I had some very interesting experiences. I was fishing one day and there was a silver, a silver orb, maybe four to 10 feet wide in the sky. And it dances down. It comes down uh, just over the water. and it, goes back up in the air it's gone another night i'm driving i see a a black triangle and the only reason i know it's a triangle is that it's blotting out the stars above my car and it's got to be a half a mile long and there's a single light in the middle and it just goes right over where i was and that was in holland michigan um but on the night my mom passed something really interesting happened um, i was at the hospice and when I had learned through the Peruvian sh- shamanic tradition a way where you can go into the body and when someone passes help them to transition you open up the energy centers in a spiral I can I won't go into detail but you, you know you're in a prayerful state you bring their guides and the angelic influences in to help escort someone quickly to uh, the helpers that are waiting to, to take them on. So, I, I mean, I had read it in a book, and I hadn't even done it, uh, but I knew that this, this day was coming, so I prepared, I had my little shaman sack with me, and went to work on Mom, and uh, it really felt incredible. It was just unbelievable how beautiful I could feel the love, and, the, and I, I really could almost hear the music as it was occurring. And my sister and father had been there, and they left, and they went <coughs> ahead of me. They took off, and they, they allowed me to do my thing. And I got in the car, and I was driving home, and uh, driving, down, driving down the road, Perry Road, and I'm looking up, and a, a 747 jet airliner is about to land in the road, Jeff. I mean, it looked like com- coming at me were pinhole lights from the front of a jet as it was coming down, but it was stuck in the air and it was just kind of careening from right to left. And I drive up and it backs off over a field and I pull down this little, I uh, uh, several cars drive by nobody's seeing this. What What is going on? I pull off. I smoked at the time. I just remember I'm staring into the sky and I must've smoked like 10 American spirits. I was, I watched it for, eight, 10 minutes. And it was a 250 foot long metallic ship that was like a square that was rounded on the edges. And if you you looked at it from dead ahead, it was this beautiful oval shape, but it had this oval inset light that would go. I just remember my phone didn't take pictures at the time. I had a flip phone i call my, my my girlfriend at the time i'm like you won't believe what i'm seeing right now it's unbelievable i'm standing here. i'm like mom have a great journey it's the, all i could think of and as i'm standing there <clears throat> inside of me I, it, was, it was almost as if i had questions and it it said or i experienced raise your vibration and then i had another question in this and it was well, well Raise your vibration. And then I had nothing. And it's no, raise your vibration. So imagine Big Brother is looking in on us and he doesn't want you to put your finger in the light socket. But no matter what you do, you will run up to the wall and you stick your finger in the light socket. So for whatever reason, if we're all vibrational, every single one of your listeners is vibrational, keyed into each one of our unique tonalities and vibration, the music of you. There happen to be these other entities that are people too, just like us, that for whatever reason are interacting with us and know exactly your frequency. So I'm in the field. It goes up into a bank of clouds. I'm like, well, that was just, I, I, I don't even know. Did that just happen? That just happened. That's real. Oh my God. That's just, this is, this is real. All of the things that happened as a kid, I had no actual conscious memory. I wasn't, I couldn't remember any of it. The veil of forgetting, remember? Um so I get my phone rings. It's my sister. <laughs> She's sitting with my dad. They were crying in the car, you know, mom just passed. They're sitting in the car, they get out of the car and they look up. And the ship is right over the top of our house and it's just it's doing a a circle around the house. My sister describes it she is a total skeptic by the way. This happens. Um, and soon after, uh, I'm s- back in the field about two miles away. It comes all the way back across town. It's just over my car. And, it's, and, it, and it stops in the field. And I, there's a bit of a sound. It sounds a bit like a didgeridoo. <clears throat> and um, my sister calls. And a jet fighter goes right over the house. She said she could see the guy in the cockpit. And it rattled the windows of the whole neighborhood. And I, uh, I can give you the exact time and date, but it's pointless. I mean, to me, <clears throat> the reality of whatever that was. And um, it, it kind of stirred me to try and understand more. And my dad said to my my sister, it's neo Sam. neo Sam came to get her. I'm like, what? Now, my mom used to tell this story. And <laughs> back in the 1950s and 60s, right? Think of it. We... We we're, we we have nuclear proliferation right and especially in the late 1940s, early 1950s uh there are all of these interesting uFO visitations that happen across the uh the upper midwest nebraska where, wherever the the missile silos are and there's all of this visitation that starts happening the response to that is there are all sorts of these little, books that get written, these 1950s and 1960s, you know, paperback novels, some, you know, just uh, everyone wanted to know what it was, Betty and Barney Hill, millions of these, you know, scientifically proven uh, experiences. But here in Detroit, there was this kooky guy. He called himself Prince Neosam. And this is his girlfriend. He left his wife, by the way, for her. He called her Princess Nagona. So this is a part of my book. It's finding neo so he goes on the circuit and there are radio shows um there are multiple radio shows where uh, they talk about UFOs and uh, like what limited understanding everyone had out, out west there's giant rock and they would have a conference there um, George van Tassel I could go on and on but it's part of what I'm writing in this book is this era of uh, all of the UFO, books and the people that come together and their experiences, but there's this kooky guy. He's a baker here in Detroit, and he claims to have been a walk-in where an entity came from planet Titan and came into his body, and he was here to stop a uh, World War III or a nuclear explosion. So um, a group of people locally here in Michigan follow him around but if you if you read anything, there's very little found about him. You can look. He called himself Prince Neosam. And I've done a lot of research into it. Uh, he claimed to have some special talents. And my mom tells a story. She was dating a gentleman uh, just before or during when my father went off to the Marines and they were, you know, they were just about to get married, but they didn't. So she was dating this guy. He's a missile plant engineer. And he would get together with other missile plant engineers and they'd go to an apartment. And this guy, Neo supposedly had a spacesuit and he would hand out a knife and he'd say, cut the suit. And no one could cut the suit. He'd hand out a blowtorch and say, burn the suit. We couldn't burn the suit. He supposedly could levitate objects and move them around the room. And my mom claimed to have experienced this. So when my dad said it's Neo neo-sam, neosam came to get her it it made me incredibly curious like you know who is this character um i don't know if it had anything to do with the ship that i saw and my sister saw and my father saw but um it's it it it's a really great question mark um i have had a few experiences since and i could go into some of that but um I am convinced that there is this reality, and that clearly from the, the near-death experience and the multiple ongoing little experiences that I've had, that there's a really interesting uh story at play, and no one has all the answers. No one was we we started playing the game of of, of Monopoly, and someone threw out the instructions. Back in the 80s, there was the greatest American hero. Do you remember that show? Mm-hmm. The basic concept is. You got this guy, he finds this superhero suit, right? And he fumbles the instructions. He loses the instructions. Every episode, he fumbles his way to trying to figure out how to fly with this thing. And he can also like see through walls or uh, at one point he can see uh, through a woman's clothes. That's the funny part. But I would liken our experience to the greatest American hero, that we're wearing the suit. We lost the instructions, Right. And that it's this self-clearing and self-finding of how does this suit work? And there are clearly other entities observing our progress or our decline. So I would like to lean towards progress. I don't know about you. And I think raising our vibrations by whatever means necessary right now. And that may be breath work. It may be... Obviously, your your thoughts. It will, you, and however, you can adjust your frequency through food, through meditation, through exercise, through forgiveness. There are millions in million, dude with the advent of of the internet and shows like yours that are 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 guiding and pushing humanity in a very critical time. Um, it's just so important that we take every opportunity we can to use the spiritual Windex. You know. Clean, forgive, release, you know, Ho'oponopono, the, the Huna traditions of, of just basic forgiveness. Let's just keep it simple. You know, I think keep it simple, stupid was what was told to me about my first music producer. I was cutting a record. He was listening to all these crazy ideas I had stacked up vocals to the sky. He's like, man, you know what? Sometimes just the simplest idea. If you could go to this broken ukulele over there and you could sing me that song without all the filigree and all of the, just give it to me simple. And I would rather record that than what you just showed me. And the same thing goes with, I think you if you're just using way too much effort, that this should be a, a sense of effortless knowing. And when we're faced with a challenge, perhaps stay curious and ask yourself, what would be, what does my heart feel and what would be the most effortless way to come to a positive conclusion? And if you can't, perhaps you don't, you you don't play, play with that person at that moment. Maybe you just take a pause in a moment and just say, you know what, I'm going to stay curious. I can't really respond to that right now because I'm going to act out of fear and ego judgment, which we all have. And, um, I guess if there's like a, a simple message, that's what I'd like to just share today.
0: Chris, after watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you up for that?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: What's the best way yeah. to reach
1: you? Well, um, once again, I'm working on the book. I have a Facebook page, which I literally haven't used in years, but I'll, I'll get it back up and running. You can find it. It's Vibe Line at uh, Facebook, and I'll, I'll send you a link. So it's mm-hmm. just a, it's a group on facebook that i used for some of my sound healing frequency work in the past but i'll send a link for you
0: all right great well chris thank you for sharing your experiences today i really appreciate it and i
1: wish you the best thank you brother god bless you
0: god bless you thanks for watching the jeff mara podcast